Welcome to Accounting High. What are you doing in here on a Sunday? I'm supposed to be cleaning. Don't worry about office. it. Are you are you catching up on work? You've been you're supposed to be away. Aren't, aren't you on a, a sabbatical or on vacation? I am. You Don't are? worry about why I'm here. Okay. So um I, I won't worry about it, but I actually read the announcements for you while you were away. I, I, I kind of liked that. That was I was going to read the announcements for um, this week. Well, then read them. Are you are you coming back here to clean out your desk? Yes. Or are you, you are cleaning out your desk. I'm I'm cleaning it out because I'm taking over. I'm like yeah, the, the students it, really loved my announcements. Listen, I lo- I loved the announcements, and I think you, you do. I think you do a far better job than me. So I think it's really? just time. I think it's time for so, me to leave. So you're going to clean the school now. You are the new I, custodian. I am cleaning. <laughs> I am scrubbing toilets. I'm scrubbing floors. So you're not cleaning out your desk. You're cleaning your desk. I see the um the the shine the stuff. <laughs> that, so you actually are cleaning your desk. You're not cleaning it out. I don't see any boxes here. <laughs> I like I said, you. My job is no longer needed. The custodian is doing a far better job than me. This custodian does not get a chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> we will. Uh... May I have your attention, please? Welcome to Accounting High. It's freshman year at a brand new school. Here. We have no rules in place as we're on a mission to set our own traditions. So hang tight and learn with us as we grow. At Accounting High, you can expect to gain knowledge in a completely different way with some fun and oftentimes colorful conversations with some of the best teachers in the accounting profession. Whether you loved high school or you hated it, here's a chance to be part of an unforgettable experience redone. While you're here, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you may be listening to us so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And feel free to leave us a five-star review for letting us know how the school year is treating you. In addition, share this episode on social media, tagging us at Accounting High. So sit back, relax, and open your mind, because class is in session. I repeat, may I have your attention, please? This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Accounting High. The views and events expressed here are of the next generation of accounting and tech professionals leading this space. The events and suggestions are not to be taken lightly. Children should not partake in the listening of this podcast. Anything else? Yeah. So without further ado, introducing the star of our show, Scotty. The front office lady, Miss Alex Miles, a.k.a. Miss Smiles. We're going to have a problem here. Okay, well... Let's use that as a basis for this foundation of this episode. So, <laughs> for our, for our listeners, you're you're here with our with the front office lady of Accounting High, Miss Alex Miles, aka Miss Smiles. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Scotty. I'm so excited. This is so weird. Is it? It is Why? kind of weird. I don't know because I people don't know me. They so, just know they just know me announcing episodes. So this is like we've never actually recorded together. You you always, always, always record the announcements with nobody in the room. Nobody. I don't I only nobody. see the final product. So I don't know yeah. how many takes you're doing. I don't know. But you don't our, you don't you don't need to know how many takes li- I'm doing. Our listeners here 
the announcements, the final product, even after mm-hmm. like I've, I fit it into the episode and everything. So it just seems effortless. It just feels effortless. So I want to say you're doing a, a better job than I had envisioned when I came up with this idea of the morning announcements. You know, on podcasts, they do little intros or summarize the episode a little bit. So I know I, I pitched this to you when I had the idea. We need a more. We need a front office lady. We need morning announcements and and your sunshine, your smiles. You were like, and you were smiles before you were Miss Smiles. Miss Smiles was like the auto correction from the transcription when you said, I know. <laughs> "This is Alex Miles," and it said Alex Smiles on there. Oh, said, you you ate that up. I you were so excited about that, and I just loved how you were like, "Do you hate it? If you hate it, I'll change it." And I was like, honestly. Let's do it. Let's, Let's make it happen. It. Let's roll with it. And that's all Nix calls me. Yeah, Nix calls you smiles now. And other people do too. I know <laughs> I know that you have some colleagues at Fresh Books that call you smiles or miss smiles. So yeah. it sticks. I mean, it fits though too. I mean, it's kind of like if you said your name fast, Alex Smiles, like people might think your last name is Smiles, right? Yeah. And when I had my kids, that was actually one of the things that I wanted to make sure. So one of the names that we loved was for our son was Pierce. We, I loved the name Pierce, but I didn't want to have it Pierce Smiles because of my name and how if I say my name fast when I'm like telling somebody my name to type it into a yeah. computer mm-hmm. or whatever. Or everybody, a transcription. Oh, right. Or a transcription. Everybody thinks that my last name is Smiles. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. And so I have to correct them. And I just didn't want that to be an issue for the kids. Sure. And so that was one of the things that it couldn't end in like an S sound. Like my name is... But one thing it's you ex, did but... do with, with your son was you made a dope-ass acronym with his name. <laughs> Can you share that for the listeners, too? Yes. So my son's name is Henry. His middle name is Alexander. And his last name is Miles. And so his initials are Ham. And we did that on purpose because, like, what better initials than Ham, honestly? Is and he a he, Ham? Oh my God, the biggest ham, the biggest ham. He is like, his name fits him to a so, T. That's, uh, that's awesome. I, I love that he can go ham. It's better than has. If his last name was Smiles, it would be has. And that's yeah. just like a preposition or what's has? It's like a, what kind of word is that? I'm not good with grammar. We should ask I'm, chat GPT. I'm, yeah, <laughs> pull up it's, chat I don't think it's a preposition either, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. So- so Alex, you're a guest at Accounting High now. You're not, you know, we'll call you Alex or we'll call you Miss Smiles, whatever call I me, feel call like. Call me it. whatever you want. So you were recently on What's Your And? We've had John Garrett on the show. And I'm going to read off a quote from the end of that episode to kind of lead <clears throat> us into this. So this is something that you said. You said, what you do matters. People do care. Everybody may not care, but somebody cares. Be in a space that ignites the fire to allow you to do your best work. That's inspirational. That's for anybody listening. You know, like I've I've talked about this a lot on the show, like the moment that I found my purpose and mixing passion with your purpose is, is explosive. And there's, I've had so much energy since then. And hearing that, like for somebody that really wants to dig deep and think about what they love and what they love doing. If there's a way they can do that or merge that with their professional life. So 
that's going to be part of the theme of today's episode. The other part of today's theme, we're going to go into the power of social in today's world, power of the social platforms, changing your mindset around the social platforms, the power of connections, the power of community, and the power of positivity. So this is going to be a powerful episode here. Power. You got a lot. You got power. Yeah, you got a, you got a lot of. Um, you know, you got a big shoes. To, I don't know. You don't have sh big shoes to fill. I'm building this up here. So big expectations, big expectations. Exactly. <laughs> I got to work on my word wordplay here. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. So we're going to start with Alex. Like, how did you end up in this space? You're in the accounting space. You're ubiquitous now with fresh books and you're, you're the face of fresh, you're the fresh face of fresh books. <laughs> Let's let's just start with how did you even end up in this space? Because before I even knew you, a lot of other my other peers, my other friends, all knew Alex. Like everybody knew Alex from prior. Just tell like I, I don't want to give anything away here. So, so <laughs> I'm gonna give the floor to you here. I'm doing most of the I love that here. you're like tiptoeing around yeah. it. Yeah. So okay, I'll give a little background. So I am from Boise, Idaho. I graduated high school. I moved to Oregon, went to school in Oregon, got a degree in exercise science and a minor in health and wellness. And I wanted to move back. My husband and I, boyfriend at the time, or fiance at the time, wanted to move back to Boise. And we knew that Boise was where we wanted to be. And we just decided like I was going to move back. I needed to find me a job to get me to move back. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my degree quite yet. I just knew that I wanted to do something in the healthcare field, but I had no idea what it was going to be. I was like, do I go into something like medical billing? Like, cause that <laughs> sounds so much fun. And I, I do not like working with clients that have medical <laughs> billing. It is the worst. Like the only the only clients we use or we work with are the ones that don't take insurance because you don't want to get into medical billing. Like you need a full department yeah. <laughs> to handle medical billing. Let's just say that if we're going to get technical here. Yeah. So I was like, I, I don't know what I want to do. I just need to find a job to get me to move back to Boise to be my excuse to get back. So I got on Google and I searched like best places to work. Well, Best place, number one best place to work in Idaho for like five years in a row was a company called T-Sheets. I had no idea what T-Sheets was. All I knew was that it was ranked really high and they were hiring for a customer service representative. And so I just applied. Did you have any idea like when you first saw the word T-Sheets, what did you think that was? Because a lot of the apps in our space have cute names, but some yeah. people may not even have any clue of what they do or what was your yeah. first thought? T-shirts, which is funny because, oh. because a lot of customers, like people would sign up for trials with T-sheets and think that it was something to do with T-shirts. So I never, ever put that kid together. <laughs> like it just, and, and even the logo looks like a T-shirt now, now yeah. that I see that, like the T, yeah. the T-shirt, like, oh, wow, that's yeah. another layer to this. All right. So I applied for T-sheets got the job, moved back to Boise. I moved in with my parents. My husband was still in Oregon at the time. He was fighting forest fires and working through the summer for that. And I was there for a few months and fell in love with the company immediately. The culture was unreal. The CEO was unreal. Like just such an incredible experience that I got crazy 
about this company and I wanted everyone I knew to work with me. I was posting about T-sheets on social, any internal social media contest that we had that was like, recruit your friends to work here. Oh, I was all over it. I was like, I could get a car, a free car wash out of this. Hell yeah. I am going to post the crap out of T-sheets. And long story short, I got promoted to a customer experience lead and then still posting about T-sheets and still crazy about it. I was approached by our marketing department and they were like, our social media girl is going on maternity leave. Would you be willing to help us temporarily while she's on maternity leave? And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, heck yeah. Like somebody's recognizing the stuff I'm doing. Why not? So I was working halftime in marketing, doing social media stuff, halftime in my experience. And when Kelly, my colleague that was on maternity leave, when she came back, marketing was like, we want you full time in marketing. We just created this position called T-Sheets Pro Community Evangelist. (laughs) Nobody knew what that role would contain. Like nobody knew what it was going to be about. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, I'll give it a go. So I joined the marketing team as our T-Sheets Pro Community Evangelist. Our T-Sheets Pros were the accounting professionals that referred their clients to use T-sheets. And and so I worked a lot in community for the accounting pros that worked with T-sheets. And that's like the start of how I got in the accounting space. And I worked in total with T-sheets. And then we, of course, got acquired by Intuit for a total of five years. So I was there for a while. It was my first job right out of college. And if you would have told me that I would be working in like the accounting industry fresh out of college instead of something to do with health, I would have, I would laugh. Unless it was medical billing. Unless it was medical billing. Which is accounting. So one of our personas at accounting high and you know this like industry aligned app vendors and the whole persona is like somebody that works at a tech company or founded a tech company but one of the one of the frustrations of our persona is constantly struggling to explain to parents what she does for a living did you have this issue when you became the pro community evangelist yes I still have an issue with explaining. Actually, one of my best friends just sent me a TikTok a couple weeks ago, and it was this girl explaining, like, I have no idea what my best friend does. She, ha- We have multiple conversations throughout the last Wait, few you years. you have no idea what your no, best friend no, does? No, she, she sent she me this that- TikTok, like, because okay, okay, okay. she's a stay-at-home mom, and so she's like... I talk so I talk to her about my work all the time and always and she still have. has no idea what you do. No idea. And that's how my parents are. So I showed my parents that TikTok and my dad just died. He's like spot on. I I just know that you work with like accountants and stuff. <laughs> and that's typically what people think is I just I just work with accountants and hang out with accountants and cool. post some things on social. Well, I, I think that the role of front office lady here basically fits that as well. So <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going with this theme of not people not knowing what these roles are. I, I deal with this a lot. So the other thing too is 
t-shirts did they give you stuff to wear like what what kind of t-shirts do they have what what color is this t-shirts yeah so it's funny that i said t-shirts earlier because t-shirts was very much known for their t-shirts that we handed out to uh customers to people at conferences like anytime people came to our booth at conferences it was like the only thing that they wanted to make sure that they got was our t-shirts because they were very soft and there was it it just was a t-shirt that you just didn't really get anywhere else <laughs> i feel like like app, I, sh app shirts are the best they're yeah, always hard. yeah yeah and i feel like i mean i might be wrong but i feel like t-sheets kind of started that with like everybody talked about the t-shirts like yeah. it was when i first started at t-sheets that was one of the first things that they said was we have the best t-shirts just so you know well, this is this definitely fits into the theme of of the socials being powerful, but also marketing being so powerful and being different. And what T Sheets did, and what you noticed was they inspired people outside of the profession and in the profession to have fans, not just followers or not just users, but it became fans. We talked about this in mm -hmm. Sherelle's episode. But we also talked about colors in her episode too. So I'm tying this back to T-Sheets is red, right? Red, red. Um, very red. And on John Garrett's episode, you said that is your least favorite color. <laughs> Explain yourself. <gasps> That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Probably because I never wore red, the T-shirts You had themselves. red hair when you worked at T-Sheets, didn't you? Did you I do did that for T-Sheets? No, no, no. That was no. the other tie-in too. No, no, no. So that's a good point. I have never thought of that, but the t-shirts that I wore for t-sheets were black with the red T and then sheets. It, I never wore a red shirt. I did have red hair and everyone thought that the reason my hair was red was because I was so crazy about t-sheets. And, and that's maybe it was subconsciously. Case. No, you maybe it, may not have maybe been. It was. Maybe it was, but I did start the red hair trend or craze in college. So that oh, was, okay. yeah. So not, yeah, definitely no. not super tied to it. But And okay, that's actually, okay. that's what my husband calls me because when he I died, he calls me red. So my name in his phone is red. He, it, it, it makes me cringe when he calls me Alex. Like, really? Yeah, so I don't know he calls you red why. still? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, wow. There's so no red the anymore. No, the first time I ever colored my hair red, he loved it. And he was like, that's your new nickname is red. And so it just wow. kind of stuck. Yeah. So Juana has never colored her hair, but she's talking about dyeing her hair and she's going to go red. She's going to do some, eventually phase it into like a blonde streak type thing, but Ooh. red. She'd never done anything like that. So that's interesting. I might see if I like it or not. I don't know. I told her I didn't, I don't I know how I feel about red, but I'm going red in everything too. So this is... We're not going to talk about colors today. I, I talk about colors way too much. So <laughs> I had to bring in the color tie because it was it's important. But so T-Sheets got acquired. Right? And we could, we could go on for days about what T-Sheets did and how important that is that you could do at your firm or things, things that you can do to model off of that. But I think at Accounting High here, I'm uh, subconsciously or maybe consciously modeling off of things that T-Sheets did. 
we have a we're having a tournament. Did you know about this? We're we're having a calling it the ABC tournament now. It's not the ABC March Happiness because it's not March. <laughs> this is the Accountant Bracket Challenge tournament. I don't know challenge and tournament together, but it sounds good. ABC tournament sounds good. So we're having the ABC tournament here at Accounting High. Have you heard of this? No, tell me more. <laughs> so. So you like T sheets would definitely be on this bracket, I think, mm-hmm. if if they were still like, if, if they still had that fire and that it, like, you know, they they be, once you get acquired by somebody, you'll end up becoming like a subset of that bigger brand. People ask this about Hub Hub Doc, like, can Hub Doc be nominated because Zero owns them, right? Or all the other companies, Mailchimp and all those, could they be nominated under Intuit? And the the rules are yes, anybody can be nominated as an individual, but what t- one thing T-Sheets did and the, the fervor around them was they had a presence at conferences. They were known and people like QuickBooks Connect, the first thing they think of that year is probably T-Sheets and Alex Miles. You kind of go together too. This is what I hear from, from my peers, right? I, I've never been to a QuickBooks Connect before this year, but this was, this was something. Tell me about that experience of going to conferences with T-Sheets. Yeah. So I went to QuickBooks Connect in 2017, and that was the first conference that I went to. I did a lot of, most of my conferencing with T-Sheets was through social media. I was working on like the social stuff for conferences, kind of being the person on the ground, but not really on the ground. So my team was sending pictures and whatnot, context to what was happening at the conference. But I went in 2017, and that's really where I met a lot of these accounting pros that I had built these relationships with online throughout the last year or so. And everything that I knew from working social with conferences kind of like came to life and it was like me being at Disneyland. It was just like the most exciting thing because <laughs> I knew what raffle, raffle, raffle was, but I could, I would, I never experienced it in the flesh. Wait, it's and three raffles. I've been saying raffle, raffle. I haven't been adding the third. It one. was, oh, it was like raffle, 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 raffle. I can't say but it really fast, okay, but okay. like, yeah, it was very loud. Our, my colleagues would like stand on chairs and get people at the booth. I have this picture. I'll have to find it, but I have this picture of our booth and I like walked way far away and got on a chair just so I could take a picture of our booth at one of our biggest raffles. I think we gave away $5,000, like a $5,000 check that year. And I just remember it was like we, it was a concert at our booth which is actually kind of funny because our uh, theme that year was like rock star theme. We were handing out drumsticks that were like labeled T-sheets. I love this. this. Yeah. Keep going. going. (laughs) Continue. Yeah. And it was like our world tour type of thing. It It was a really cool conference. But yeah, that year I met like I said, everybody that I had chatted with online through the T-Sheets community and got to experience what an accounting conference was like in the flesh. And it just kind of like re or not reignited because I, I was ignited. already ignited. It, it ignited even more of like, okay, I love this space. I love these people. This really is what it feels like it is on social. 
It's kind of what I mean by a shining star. In a sea of normal, in a sea of accountants, people don't think of fun when they think of accounting. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is my mission in life. This is my purpose is to bring fun into this world. But that's basically what, that's what T-Sheets did. That's also what Expensify does. That's what other real good brands do. That's what Zero did. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, that's what FreshBooks is doing. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of different and fun, being different and being fun in this space is more fun because it's not like you're going to a cannabis convention where everybody's, well, maybe not cannabis, but you know, like these conventions are like the big, exciting, fun things that are supposed to be fun. It's almost cool to be boring in those, in those cases. Like you got to be different, right? This, in this case, it's like, it's easy for somebody that likes to have fun, have a good time. Like I'm seeing this concert thing, like the, this is what I want to do. I want to go to concerts and do raps for different apps. And I want somebody to have a little like stadium that I could go on with a mic and, and do a rap for them. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do this for, I think I would have done a T-Sheets rap if they were still around. I know that there was some kind of closeness or ties to Expensify back when you were there too. You got to meet David Barrett and he came maybe to the office. Is that, you yes. want to share some of that too? That was, he was a big guest on our show. So yeah, if you didn't know, <laughs> you don't say, yeah, our second yeah. most listened to episode. <laughs> yeah. David Barrett came to the T-Sheets building or the T-Sheets office. Oh gosh. It was shortly after we moved into our new building, which would have been in 2017. And, um, yeah, we we had a really close relationship with Expensify and our business development team worked a lot with their team. Um, I don't remember much about what he presented or <laughs> talked about at the office, but I but just he was remember inspirational, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Always. Big inspirational guy. So T Sheets had the raffles and they had the giveaways and that was the tie in to this tournament and that's what we're giving away. We have raffle tickets, people are nominating and they're doing things. And this is all just for fun. We've got, we now have two sponsors of the tournament. So we have $6,000 of prizes to give away. I don't know if it's going to be one prize or maybe we'll just give a $5,000 check and another thousand dollars of prizes. I don't know. Cause that seemed like a good prize too. Just giving away cash yeah. instead of a trip. Like a trip <laughs> is a lot of coordination and a lot of planning. What if we just gave away cash to the winner? Right. Yeah. I think I think we could do that. That's that yeah. you know, you just inspired a, a shift in the in the course of this <laughs> contest. So so T Sheets got acquired by Intuit and Intuit is very well known in the space. They have a they have a program called QuickBooks, they have a program called TurboTax, they have other programs like they bought MailChimp. I'm I'm kinda kidding. Like everybody knows Intuit, yeah. everybody knows QuickBooks. <laughs> um were you excited when they got acquired at first? Like, what was the thoughts that went in your head? I mean, I think naturally there is... Well, I was actually on my honeymoon when I found out that we were being acquired. In Hawaii, yeah. right? I heard this yeah. on John Garrett's episode too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, we was... might give away a trip to Hawaii. That's I don't know if $6,000 <laughs> is going to cover it, but that, that might be the trip that we give away. Yeah, I was. I got a call from my boss, my our VP of marketing, and she was like, "I know you're on your honeymoon, but I want you to find out from me before you find out on social." And she told me, and I think initially there's that for anybody there's that feeling of nervousness of like, what is this gonna change? Like, there's 
T-Sheets was so close-knit. Everybody at T-Sheets was, like, family, like, genuinely. It was Ohio. I, like, that was all – everybody that worked there was Ohio, or most of them at the time? Oh, Ohio or Idaho? Yeah, I, Idaho. Did I say Ohio? <laughs> you this said is, Ohio. I have trouble with words sometimes. Yeah, I know. I, I have trouble with words. It, it ends. It, sound, it rhymes. It definitely <laughs> Every, rhymes. It's fine. Everybody thinks that I'm from Ohio because nobody remembers. But your best what, friend's from Ohio. My best friend is okay. from Ohio, okay. yes. Um yeah, so everybody that worked at T-Sheets was based in Idaho. And so, yeah, I, I think initially there's always that feeling of like, what is going to change? Is anybody going to lose their job? That kind of stuff. But once we, Intuit did a really great job of coming in and introducing themselves and explaining the process and really just making sure that we were all set up for success. So I think once we got past that nervousness, we were all very excited for what could potentially come from the acquisition. And yeah. Cool. So fearing change and not things outside of your control and also like being gobbled up by a larger company, your, your drive and your excitement and fun was you were you were impacting, like you, you saw the impact that you had as you were on the socials. You saw the pe other people getting excited. You got to see firsthand at those conferences, the people that they were working with. And that's one thing I was talking about on an episode yesterday was you know, people sitting in front of a screen and just working and not seeing the impact they have on others. The, you start to lose the passion and the excitement and that ignite, that ignite, that fire that you have and that, the excitement that you have mm -hmm. of doing what you're doing and why you're doing it working with clients people you can see and touch and feel and smell the impact that you're having on them when you're working directly with them one thing that i feared or not feared one thing that i experienced was being outside of the work and not working directly with clients i stopped caring and i lost my drive i lost my my excitement i'm, I'm not a loss for words right now but like i i lost that <laughs> passion i lost that you know the fire was dying out yeah at the firm so did did that start to ha like when you worked it into it you're working at a bigger company and you may not have that same impact did is that was that what you experienced because you didn't end up staying it into it obviously yeah so. yeah with the acquisition uh i mean as normal acquisitions this happens roles changed teams changed the overall dynamic changed and my role changed a, f a couple times post-acquisition and our teams merged and the pandemic hit and I ended up getting pregnant with my son. I went on maternity leave, came back and my role was again changed and I was- ham in your belly. I got a, I got a rump roast in rump my belly. <laughs> This is important too. This is actually an important part of the conversation <laughs> because we're going to talk about the socials, but continue. Like. Yeah. But we, yeah, my, I came back from maternity leave and my role had changed again and I wasn't working with the accounting industry anymore. I hadn't been working on the accounting side of things for a couple year, maybe at this point. And I was working more so on the small business side, doing social stuff and wasn't really doing the stuff that I was passionate about anymore. I wasn't connecting with people anymore. And when I 
having my maternity leave being as long as it was, which was about five or six months, I had that time to kind of reflect on like what ignited me, what made me happy. And I came back and my role had changed and I still wasn't happy and I wasn't fulfilled. And I think it was just, I hit a point where I was like, I need something different. I think it's time to move on. This company has been so great to me. Like I love everybody that I've gotten to work with and the experiences that I've had, but it's time for a change. And so I reached out to my old boss who I worked under at T-Sheets, Misty Mejia, who you know. I do. Um, She's always been somebody that I... Shout out to Misty. Yeah, shout out to Misty. We love Misty. Yes, but I reached out to her because she's always been somebody that I have just admired and looked up to as a mentor in the space. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I need help. Like, can you just guide me, help me? And she was like, well, I actually have a friend that is hiring for a community manager. It gets you back in the accounting space. It gets you doing something that you're passionate about. You need to shine. I'm going to get you in contact with her. And so that is how my FreshBooks journey began because that friend was Twyla that Misty connected me with. Shout out to Twyla. Big shout out to Twyla, my (laughs) counterpart on book reports. So fresh book reports, to be clear. Before we get there, before we get to fresh books, we're going to talk about, you have a big following on Instagram, right? You almost have 10,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, that's got to be a big number. 10,000 is always like the big number on all the platforms. And this is like, this became, I, I don't know if this started when you were pregnant or during your maternity leave or if this was way before that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not on Instagram, but tell me about like, let's, let's le- use that to lead into the socials. Like, what was it that you were doing? And was that where you started to see that fire ignited during that time? Because I know when you were pregnant, that was like a really big, big deal, right? Like, so yeah, let's yeah. tell us about um, that journey. So I've always been somebody that gravitates towards social media in general. I mean, I met my husband on MySpace. So social media has always been a big part of who I am, I guess. I've just connecting with people has always been a big part of who I am. And so I was pregnant with my daughter and started posting about just pregnancy and the struggles and the excitement on Instagram. And shortly after I started posting, I got, I started getting brands reaching out to me asking to do like collaborations for free product or, Hey, we'll give you a hundred bucks if you post about this, like X, Y, Z. And so that kind of got me excited like people were actually paying attention to the things that I was saying. And I remember in probably a three month time frame, my followers on Instagram shot up like two, 3,000, which I mean, it may not seem like a lot, but at the time oh, it no, was. No, no, no. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And, and that's the other like very important theme of all of this is attention. Like, yeah. 
like when people are paying attention, then all of a sudden you change certain things that you're doing. And we all love attention. I mean, a lot of people like to shy away from that and say, well, no, 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 I don't like the attention. And, but I, I lean into it. I, I, I love it. Um, yeah. And don't, don't we all like, isn't that validation to what you're doing? And like, yeah. all you were doing was just being vulnerable, being authentic, talking about your pregnancy, talking about your struggles, the stuff that you were dealing with in a fun way. And that's, that's one thing we are going to talk about too, is, is the way that you are out there is just being yourself, being fun, being silly. You know, Laura Lynn talks about that all the time on her episode, just being silly, just being you and actually getting better response from that than trying to be trying to put on a, a show or try like it's it's almost like when you're effortlessly putting yourself out there and then you're getting the validation and then you're getting people reaching out to you and getting more followers that really fuels you and that's oh yeah and i think the thing that really made an impact on on my inspiration to keep posting and keep doing what i was doing was when I would get messages from other women that were going through the same things that I was going through, thanking me for being raw and being real and being relatable, raw, real, relatable. I There's three R's just for you, Scott. <laughs> but and that was a freestyle too. That wasn't even like <laughs> unplanned, unprovoked. But yeah, just like knowing that what I was saying was not only hitting the audience of brands, but it was also hitting the people that I wanted to connect with, like the people, the women that I wanted to be relatable with and the ones that I wanted to like bounce ideas off of, bounce struggles off of, and just overall connect with make friends with because i like making friends with strangers online mm -hmm. that's <laughs> remarkable if we're going to go with another l r <laughs> i just said l so it's being real being raw being relatable being being you out there and i think that's the thing that people have that's the mindset shift that people probably need to really have when it comes to approach approaching the socials and i it took me a long time to get that. I always thought like, I gotta be, I, I gotta, I gotta force this message or I gotta force this. I got, it was always trying too hard on there. That's, that's what I, I always would look back on what I was doing on the socials and I was trying too hard or I was trying to present my message. It wasn't about like, I, I didn't know the purpose of it. I didn't know why I was going on there. I just thought I, I wanted to be popular like, mm -hmm. like high school, you know, like I wanted to do things that got attention and the things that you try to do to get attention don't ever work. It does. It's not a good look. It's never, it's never good. But then you see the people that are getting the attention and it's, they're just being themselves and they're just being authentic and they're saying normal everyday things, but you can relate to it and it becomes relatable. The stuff that you, the crazy things that I would do for attention is not relatable because I'm, I'm saying and doing things that nobody else thinks or does. Right. That's that's why it's so hard for me to go out there because I'm I'm not like everybody else. So I can't be relatable because I am i can't relate to a lot of things, too. I'm, I mean, I, so but on your side, like I'm seeing, you know, your people are coming out to you and you're inspiring them or you're you're speaking to what they can't articulate or what they haven't been able to say or even share because it's thoughts in their head, too. And mm -hmm. that's powerful. So. So that's like fueling this whole passion that you had at 
you know, I guess you were still at T Sheets when when this was happening, right? Was it a separate social? Did you have a social, or did you have things that you were doing for T Sheets, and then also doing on your own? And were they two different lives, and were you treating them separately? Yeah, I mean, my Instagram has always been my Instagram. If I post anything about work, it's on my Instagram, and I don't care if nobody can relate to my work posts. That's never been an issue. It's just something that like I'm not afraid to post what I want to post sure. on on Instagram. Twitter, um I had two separate Twitters at the time. I wasn't really super active on my personal Twitter, but when I got hired on at T-Sheets, part of the training was T-Sheets was a time tracking software and so one of the trainings was clocking in via Twitter. So you had to create a Twitter account for mm. the training. And a lot of people create that Twitter and don't do anything with it. But because of the space that I was in, I just used it. And um, that's where I met a lot of the people that a lot I've of met. accounting people. Yeah. Tax yeah. Twitter. Tax Twitter. Tax mm. Twitter, QBO chat. QBO chat was a big one. QBO chat. I've never experienced that, but I hear a lot of people talking about it. That's how you met John. That's how you met Sherelle mm-hmm. and, and others. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, that's, that was its own community within an app. That's crazy. Like, a, yeah. you know, Carbon's got their own Carbon community. Fresh books. This is this leads into what you do now. This is this, you've built something within FreshBooks. Uh, you helped build something within FreshBooks that is a model off of QBO Chat, right? Maybe we should just get into that now. So the well, and, and the, I guess I want to drive the point of the being the socials, being yourself on socials. You know, just to kind of tie it into any everyday business, you can do both. Like the business doesn't have to be separate from your personal i think that they blend together really well like dave barrett says like a salad dressing you know you mix them together and it can be really delicious it can be really you know and it can be inspiring for others but you don't have to really try when you're just putting your whole self out there whether it's work or home or fun or serious whatever it is whatever you're feeling if you if you're true to that the whole way you don't ever have to really try to be anything. Well, and I think going back to the John Garrett episode that I was on, he talks a lot about, um, like his message is allowing employees to talk about what they enjoy doing at work and opening up that space to talk about the things that they're passionate about. But I think that I also take that to my personal life and I'm passionate about what I do in my work that like, Some people may not care to know about all of the things that happen inside of my job, but if I had something super exciting happen, I'm going to talk about it and I don't care if nobody listens. Like I just, I want to be able to share these things because like I said, you may not think that like somebody care or nobody cares, but somebody does care and that plays into my personal life. That plays into my work life. If I'm passionate about it, I'm talking about it. And I don't care. But that's what you find when you're doing the one-to-many. So that's what I've started to find, you know, in my one-to-one interactions, not too many people care about the rap stuff. I mean, they they like it, but they're like, eh. But as I'm starting to slowly put that out there, I'm starting to see, wait a second, there are people out there that are inspired by it. I experienced this firsthand. 
like there's other people that are actually doing this too. And one of the first times I experienced it was at the Fresh Pack. We're talking and you said, wait, you know what? I did a rap too. I did a parody too. <laughs> Do I need to cue up the Fresh Prince music? Um, are you going to rap for us on here? No. <laughs> like there, and, and this has happened more than one time. Not just like I, when I was at Appy Camp a couple of people came up to me and showed me the raps and the things that they did. And that's amazing to me. Like that's that like I, I'm, I don't have a loss. I have a loss for words when people come up to me and share what they've been doing and how, like how much more comfortable they are with it because they saw what I was doing. And that was, that's something that, you know, I, I didn't mean to make this about that, but I think that's, that's also part of, why you can be yourself out there and once you get to that one to many you will see the people that do care because there are people that you will inspire and you know maybe it's maybe it's not the people in your everyday life but then you start to meet new people and you start to make new mm -hmm. friends on there and everybody's a friend and that's how you see the socials that's how you see the world you know i've i've grown to know you since the um fresh pack meetup last year and i see that you're making friends with everybody and anybody it doesn't matter who they are you're seeing the good in them you're seeing the positive and you're optimistic about everything and so mm -hmm. the power of connections the power of community comes with that power of, of that abundant mindset and that positive mindset and that outlook on life and i think you can carry that with you in your firms in your business in on the socials in your home in your personal life if you have that positive outlook then all of a sudden everybody around you is happier too. Is that yep. like, Oh, 100%. I think that being able to, well, I mean, something that I stand true to is I will give you as many chances as you want, unless you prove me otherwise. Like, I, I don't know what it is about my personality, but I don't care about what anybody else says about so, like X, Y, Z. Yeah. I need my own experience with somebody or an opinion or anything like that. Like I just, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, 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 <laughs> so I just I, lost I, I my train of thought. No, so so you, you've done this a lot with, um, in, in situations I've seen, like, you know, there's maybe a lot of people look poorly on somebody and you see the good in them right so right and unless you show anybody. me otherwise you have a like you have a shot you have a chance i yeah. i'm not going to judge somebody based off of somebody else's opinion on them yeah well not only that like the judgment and you may see something in somebody that they don't see in themselves and right. that's important too to know like and that's the way i've, I've always approached life and i've tried to be I, you know, I, I've, I've tried to do that, but most of the time it just comes naturally. Like I am a very positive person and I, and I like everybody. I, I, because I want everybody to like me. That's usually my driver. Like if, if, if That's they're a grumpy, if they're a grumpy person or they're like, nobody likes them or they get this, they have this bad rep. It's almost like a challenge to me because I want them to like me and I want them to smile to me because they're not smiling to anybody else. Yeah. And so I'm going to see the good in them and I'm going to make them laugh or I'm going to, I want to befriend them. And, and I think that's very important though, because it's not their fault. I think a lot of times the people that are come across as grumpy or come across as quiet or reserved, it's not because they are dislikable or they are bad people. It's just 
that's sometimes that's just how they are or it's a mood or it's something else that took them to that place and you know it's not their fault anyway either so you, you can always find the good and find somebody's spark and somebody's you know igniting that spark in them and and sometimes it is an outside person that ignites that spark they can't ignite it themselves they need somebody to help them i saw a, a dope video on linkedin where somebody had two lighters and they're both he was lighting them both up and then he dropped one of them in a in a cup of water and then took it back out and it wouldn't light up and then he held it down and then used the other lighter to light it and then all of a sudden the fire's lit again it's you need and the metaphor that it was driving is sometimes we lose our spark we lose our fire and we need somebody else to come in and ignite it for us and then we're back and we need to see that in others when somebody's sad or when somebody's upset you know if we can support them and and help them then that lights that lights their fire because they don't have that ignition anymore they don't have that that flint fire is flint i feel like you experienced that in toronto because you were super nervous to do your rap on the boat yes Yes. and you just needed some energy sent your way and i feel like you you did help me with that this is i i was i was there i was there with the lighter so to to flesh this story out, I don't know if I've shared shared the whole thing, but I was so excited about doing this rap, and it's all I was talking about. And then as it got closer to it, I realized maybe I'm the only one that's excited about it. Maybe nobody else really cares that much. You know, Twyla's been encouraging me all year. I said, by the end of the year, I want to perform my rap in front of people, in front of accountants, and this was the perfect opportunity. And I was chickening out because nobody really cares. Nobody's going to pay attention. Nobody... and. And you basically said the same thing that you said on um, John's episode. You said it's, you know, people do care. Everybody may not. Everybody may not be paying attention, but there are people here that care. And you started pointing out, you know, Kenji, Nicole, and it like those are the people that you and and I don't remember the whole conversation, but it it fueled me to do it. And then I ended up doing two raps, and the second one didn't go as well as the first one. But I didn't care. Like I was actually still into it and I was excited about it. And I knew that it, you know, the first one was epic. Like everybody was into it and more. Everybody was so excited. Everybody had their phones out. They were dancing. They were singing. It was a party. It was, it was such a cool experience because knowing how nervous you were and how against it you were for like half of that day you were like i don't i don't know if i'm going to i was down the I whole day i couldn't do my interview with fresh books like yeah, I was, my head was were, somewhere else yeah you were not you were not in the zone and you got up there they mic'd you up and you did it I did twice it. i did it twice and then twice. i did it again in denver and the same thing happened in denver recently well wait but this isn't about the rap stuff this is just you know being there and seeing that in other people or actually caring enough to know what's wrong. You said you knew something was wrong with me that day. Like, you know, you didn't know me that well, but I was off. I wasn't like my normal self and I was preoccupied. I was in my head. I was tunneled in. And so, you know, it takes people out there that can see that in others and paying attention to others and not just paying attention to yourself. And I think that's one characteristic in people that, that I that I'm noticing now is, you know, like the power of empathy or the power of putting yourself in other people's shoes too. And how do you do that on a social platform 
when you don't really see the context of other people. You just see what they're putting out there and you, and it may look all positive. You know, how do you, how do you have that supporting role there? And sometimes people do put the negative out on socials and, and all that, but it's, it's so much harder because you don't have that full day or full like perspective on the context. You don't have the tone of their voice sometimes like on Twitter or on LinkedIn, you know? So I guess I also wanted to talk about like differentiating between all the socials and what's, you know, even, even on these, on the private communities too, like FreshBooks, like, and, and the others, like, and, and on Slack, like one thing that you said that you do differently is on your Slack, you do the voice memos and mm -hmm. on phone, you do the voice memos instead of text. And you're not that good with text and the written. And I think that comes with the context of what you're trying to say and the infliction and the other things. So how do you put yourself out there authentically if some people are reading it differently and read it out of context or read it with the, without that? So do you have a preference on the social platforms because of that? I feel like, I mean, going back to Instagram, a lot of what I post on Instagram specifically is just like my day-to-day -day stuff. So you have your Instagram stories, you have your Instagram posts. Instagram stories are like the, I know you're not on Instagram and people that are listening to this probably know what Instagram is, but just for your sake. Well, but you also have reels too. You have stories, posts, yeah. and reels. Yeah. So there's, there's another one. I don't know any of these things. Yeah. So enlighten <laughs> yeah, me. So, so Instagram stories are available to watch for up to 24 hours. And that's kind of more like in the moment, what's going on. Your posts are just like the static posts that are on your page, sure. reels are videos, TikToks type content. And a lot of what I do on my Instagram is I'll post something like whether it's about my kids or lately I've been making margarita making videos. Mm -hmm. I post that on my Insta on my page on as posts, static posts. On my stories, I make sure that I show up there as like the non-curated content that I'm putting on my actual page. So yesterday, for example, I posted a video of me holding the kids. It was a picture, but I made it, it was a live photo. So I made it into a video. Like a loop? I, yeah. Well, a, an actual video with the sound and everything oh, cool. because, because it's a really funny picture. So the picture itself was really cute. I had both kids in my arms and it was a mirror picture. And What's in the picture, picture, like I, Oh, in front uh, of the mirror, in front of the mirror. Yeah. Um, and how did you manage Tatum, that? Your kids got to be heavy. Both of them. I mean, have you seen my muscles? Yes, I, I actually have. So yeah. Yeah. So I got, I've got the muscles here. Yeah. No, but Tatum just rips in my arms, like lays the biggest fart in my arms. <laughs> you said rips and I didn't know if you were going there. <laughs> so that, I, that's, that's great. I want to see this video now. <laughs> like the biggest fart in my arms. And I was like, I really hope that live picture caught that up. all of that. And it did. And so I posted that picture on my story, then posted the actual video on my story, just like showcasing. Like it's not always just this cute. Like my daughter just sounded like a... 50 year old guy <laughs> farting in my oh, yeah. yeah farting in my arm another video that i posted was like uh 
I was having a really cute moment with Henry, very cute moment with Henry. And you hear Tatum coming out and she's like, mom, come look at my poop. <laughs> and I was like, so this is all jokes and, and part jokes <laughs> yeah. and, and, and all that. That's, this is what we all laugh at. This is, this is the exactly. universal funny. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, outside of all of that, postpartum, I, after I had both kids, I shared a lot about like, or the, the picture would be postpartum, right? Like <laughs> after, after the picture. Yeah. But after I had my kids, um, I, I, we've talked about this here and there. I dealt with a lot of like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And that was also something that I utilized my platform, uh, connecting with people on and sharing my experiences with. And a lot of the stuff that I posted on my Instagram stories was not the cute, like baby pictures, not the pictures of me with my makeup on. It was like me in the trenches, me being relatable because postpartum is hard and like life after giving birth is just hard. And I just make sure to always let my audience, my friends, whoever's watching my stuff know that like I do post a lot of curated, cute, fun, edited stuff, but like this is me at the end of the day. This is the stuff I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a hard day at work or a hard day with my kids or my kids farting on me mm -hmm. and telling me to come look at their poop like it i'm still me so don't believe all of these cure don't think that all of these curated so posts important. yeah don't think that all of these curated posts is like my everyday perfect family life because it's not nobody's perfect so the people that do the best on the socials are the ones that have those layers to them and Nicole, like one of her most popular posts and the ones that people reference when they mention Nicole to me, they, they talk about the day in the life of the, of a business owner. And Nicole went one day and just like basically wrote everything down that was in her head, all of her insecurities, everything that was like coming up, you know, the highs and the lows of the day and how, how erratic it is to be like a business owner, entrepreneur. And that had the most impact. Like, and that was like one of the, her most popular posts. And mm -hmm. it's because you're showing both of those layers and showing your vulnerability yet in context of whatever else that your, that your platform is or that your brand is and that you're tr trying to put out there. So there is a way to do that intentionally and to fully be yourself and present both sides of it because that's the difference today in today's like world is we don't have two separate worlds of here's my professional self. And some people do definitely. There's, there's a lot of people that still have an entirely different persona that they put on outside of work and inside. And I'm starting mm -hmm. to see that too. People come up to me and then they're, they're their real selves because I'm my real self everywhere. So they feel comfortable to be themselves around me. But then all of a sudden, like on the socials or somewhere else, then they're this different person and they're buttoned up again. And like, wait, that's not the one I know. And that's not yeah. the person I know. They're different around me than they are around everybody else. What's up with that? Like, I, and then I always get this reinforcement of, but yeah, you can be you. That's, that's you. I can't do that. I have to be somebody else. And I don't understand that. I don't understand why. Why can I do this and somebody else can't? Like, what am I doing differently? And I, I don't get that. But right. that's another question, I guess. What, 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 what can people do 
to really like to not feel is it is it embarrassment is it shame or is it like or do they think they're going to get in trouble um i mean i feel like this kind of ties back to the opening piece that you brought up my closing piece from john garrett's is yeah. like people fear that nobody cares people fear that that judgment, I guess, and something that I've always, both within my work life and my personal life, my social personal life, I have always maintained this idea of I need to just be me because if I'm anybody, if I act like I'm anybody else, my real me will eventually come out. Mm. And like you said, it like that's not me. That's mm -hmm. not who I am. I'm the biggest goofball. I'm I throw out corny dad jokes all the time. <laughs> like I bring that to wherever I go. And I may not be everybody's cup of tea. And I've learned over the years that I need to be okay with that because I'm not doing myself a favor by pretending like i'm somebody else you're not everybody's cup of tea sheets i'm not everybody's cup of tea sheets <laughs> so dad jokes one of my best friends from high school said to me that all the rap stuff i'm doing is just one big dad joke and honestly at first at first i was like yeah but i'm really trying with this like and that's <laughs> I, I want it to be really good i'm just not supposed to be just like a corny dad joke but then i get it and it's like actually i am trying really hard to make them like a corny accountant dad joke like yeah. that's what i'm doing and i'm trying to make it like that's and so i, I yeah like i well, love that and, comment and going back to that like you're being you and dad. yeah and you're you're corny yeah i know <laughs> you have know. like silly puns that you come up with and not a lot of people understand right off the bat. You have to explain a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on that. I'm working <laughs> on my delivery. So Ron Baker gets it, though. I don't know if you heard his episodes, but his second one hasn't come out yet, but it'll be out by the time this is released. And I talk about like the uh, how I'm going to do my solo episodes, but I can't do them alone because I don't get the... I don't know if my jokes are any good unless I have somebody there to react to right and I, I have other people there to impress mm -hmm. and then i know if the jokes are good because i see it in their eyes like when i have episodes with nicole i know if i, I said a bad joke <laughs> yeah. and if i said something that she didn't get and i have to keep explaining it but then i also know if i say something that really lands and like so i want to do solo episodes but they're like they're gonna be kind of like stand-up kind of like stand-up comedy but also bridging in the raps and stuff and that's that's sort of like I need that audience there and I need people there with me. So um, stay tuned for that. You may be one of the audience members in, in those episodes. But Are we going to uh, are we going to have like a sign that says clap, laugh? Possibly. No, no, you shouldn't need that. You shouldn't need that. Everybody should be laughing anyway because it's that good. Like at the at, by the time so stand up comedy like is is a routine that's worked on and worked on and worked on and by the time you see the Netflix special it's on they nobody needs that sound or that that vi like visual because it is that funny mm -hmm. and it lands immediately when they, they know when they're getting ready to say the punchline they could even like 
sometimes I could reveal what I'm going to do and tell you wh- how the joke's going to go and then still say the joke and still it's funny at the punchline, even if you know <laughs> it's where I'm going with it. But that's like, I don't want to show any overconfidence there. I want to actually make people laugh. So that's, and then you could ch- chop that up. And then I, that's my social posts there too. Mm-hmm. So these solo episodes turn into, then that's the content that I can put out on LinkedIn and on other places, maybe Instagram and stuff, because I know that the jokes are good and they're, they're condensed and everything. So I'm really working on my presentation and my performance and the poise and the, uh, the, you know, I, I'm trying to think of another P word here. But we're not on <laughs> P's today. Today's R word, right? So I'm, I'm trying to work on this power. Yeah. Well, that's the, the, the that power, was what the we power talked of about. socials, right? Yeah. So the power of positivity, the power of connections, power of community. We didn't get too deep into connections community. So let's, let's now go into, let's pivot a little bit. Another P. <laughs> this gets old for our listeners. They hear me pivot with the P's <laughs> on Nicole's episodes for years. So this is like, I'm almost trying to move on and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show some, show some maturity here and get like, get out of there. So let's, let's talk about how that, that ignited you to really be yourself and find your voice on the socials. How did that parlay into the role at FreshBooks? And what was your role when you were first hired? My role when I was first hired was community manager for the accountant channel. So I built the online accounting partner community for our accountant channel at FreshBooks, um, which is just um, an online, it has discussions where our accounting partners can connect with one another. It has, they can connect with us, the team, complete challenges. Challenges are like little activities that you can complete to earn points, cash, cash, cash them. Yes. Total gamification. And it was something that I did. Cashing out for good stuff too. Like I know. And, and I did, I did the same community for T-Sheets. So I had experience doing it. And it was something that I, again, loved doing at T-Sheets. So I was super excited to start doing it again at FreshBooks. And so anyways, long story short, I back in September, October, I was promoted to partner program manager. So working alongside, more so alongside Twyla in building out our overall program strategy for the partner program, getting in person with our accounting partners, getting face-to-face with people, attending conferences, attending outside events, really just connecting with people. And after our Fresh Pack event back in September, I realized that like this is what I needed all along was this in-person stuff mm-hmm. to really like reignite what Energize it is I'm you. what it is I'm passionate about, what it is that like energizes me to continue doing my best work. And people, like at the end of the day, there's another P word, people. I that's our next episode going to do people 102 on really on, on varsity tips. Yes, <laughs> but great. It, it is a P word. Yeah. People like at the end of the day, people are I, the purpose. This is what, pe- <laughs> this is what me and Nicole say all the time. <laughs> this is perfect. 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 I feel like I should be a part. You might of... need to be, you might need to be part of the varsity party. Ooh, that was even like that was, Man. Varsity party. We'll punctuate that now with a period, <laughs> and let's keep going. 
anyways, yeah, people are what ignites me and being in person with just my team, with our accounting partners, I am just, I am energized by that in-person connection, being in community with people and getting to know people outside of a screen. As much as I love connecting with people through a screen, I love connecting with people face-to-face even more and being able to find out more about like who they are and creating more of like a deeper connection with them. Because there's really, Twilight and I talk about this a lot, like even meetings, meetings with our team, like planning sessions, all of that. There's really nothing that compares to being in person doing these things than through a computer screen. In the world that we live in now, everything is very remote. And so being able to have those opportunities to connect face-to-face is so much better and so much more beneficial than through a screen. So there's proponents of remote working and there's proponents of in-person office. And I think anybody has to find the best of both of those. And I've somewhat started to get there like we had an office my team i just talked about this yesterday on accounting high times my team loves working remotely and i feel so disconnected from them because of it because these you know we have our tea days like meetups where the together days it was tuesdays and thursdays now it's just thursdays and we all get together and maybe we play a game online but it's never the same everybody in front of their screen is not Mm -hmm. like how it was on Fridays when we used to watch Game of Thrones together. We used to get lunch and we used to all just hang out and watch Game of Thrones. It was like Fridays wasn't even really a work day. People would just come in just to hang out if they wanted to. Now, like, since we had no office, I would try to get everybody together and to go out, maybe just to go out to eat once a month. And still people would cancel and things would come up. Finally, everybody came out last week. We all went out to dinner and it was great. It was no, like... No tension, no like, um, no work. Like there was work talk, but it was all fun. Like everybody was, it was light, lively, and we were all friends. Like we were all just yeah. hanging out as friends, not as colleagues or coworkers. But we are colleagues, coworkers. You know, it wasn't like Scott's the boss. I gotta be like I'm the most immature out of all of my team, and I <laughs> I say the most inappropriate things out of all of them. So nobody has to button themselves up around me. <laughs> like they know me, and I'm like you know. So in in that case, like I. I make them feel comfortable, but also we can all bond and be together without it being in that same context of an office. So that's the important distinction between like having an in-person team and having a remote team. It's so important that if you have a remote team, especially people connected all, all across the country is getting everybody together. And that is, is really important. Like when I took them all to ZeroCon this year, like they had such a great time. I may, I maybe didn't even hang out with them much at all because I was hanging out with all my other friends, but <laughs> they really enjoyed it. We did all spend a day just walking around like the square, whatever they call it in New Orleans. And like, just, I did hang out with them for like a whole day and we, it was great. Like, but we all just hung out as friends too. So I think it's, it's having those connections with people because then you can bring your full self to an actual work problem when it comes up or planning or doing something else because you have that trust and you have that connection with them. So being with your team is so important outside of work mm-hmm. and connecting with them. And, and it's so the, imp- the in-person thing. I realize now more than ever, I can do five episodes a week and it's not the same as just being with somebody in person just once, you know, and seeing them. And yep. so 
you can bring that, you know, you can bring those connections outside of that to then other conversations and then being with online with them. And it's not just about like that 30 minutes or hour you have with that meeting, but you can bring in the context of all the other things too. So connection is just so important. And the only way you can really connect with somebody is if you bring your full self there Mm -hmm. too. So, and you know, I I think that you're learning that because you used to like, you used to work in person at T-Sheets, right? That was like an entire, so that was a different experience than was Intuit actually remote or did you go into an office for it? Did you go to the T-Sheets office for Intuit? Yeah. Up until the pandemic hit, I was in the office and then the pandemic hit and everybody went remote. So there is, there is an office here still and there are employees. I believe I have friends that still work there that are still going into the office. But up until I left, I was still very remote, only remote. And my entire team was based in California. So, and now my entire team is based in Canada. (laughs) Right. And you, you just met your team for the first time, like in June, in June of last year. Right. So that was like, so how was that experience? Almost a year after I started. So I started at FreshBooks in July of 2021 and in June of 20, end of June of 2022 is when I got to meet my team and Twyla for the first time in person. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. Isn't that like, so meeting, so you're no stranger of this because you meet strangers and then you befriend (laughs) them online and then you become best friends with them and meet them in person for the first time way after this sounds me, like it. This sounds like it needs to be an episode on Dateline or something. It could, it could be after after the fact after something bad really happens, then it becomes a Dateline episode, right? Like, it's, but so far you've navigated this pretty effortlessly. Like, you're you meet your people on the for the first time after years of knowing them. That's got to be like to me. I would be nervous. I would be awkward. I would like I would not know what to say, or I would like. I would be afraid that they're judging me in a different way because now they know they, now they see me. So now maybe they don't like me as much as like, I'd be too insecure to do something like that. So tell me about that experience. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I have two close friends that I met through a Facebook group in college. It was this fitness Facebook group. Fitness Um, Facebook. Yeah, it was like for it was like an all women Facebook group that I don't even we don't even remember how we found this group, but we somehow stumbled upon it and we were all crazy about it. But I became super close with my friend Kendall. And after like a year or two of talking and being friends with her online, I decided to just book a trip to Ohio and I flew up and saw her and we're still best friends. We talk every single day. If we go a day without talking, it feels weird. We're like, are you, are you mad at me? Like, did I do something? (laughs) But we're still very, very, very close. And recently, actually last week I was in Denver, um, for work and I have Another friend, my friend Anna Lee, who lives in Denver, who I met through that same Facebook group back in 2014, 2015. So I've been friends with her for a long time, eight plus years. And first time we, ever seeing her in person. First time ever seeing her in person. We met up at this little restaurant and I was like, I was so nervous. I felt like I was going on like a first date. I walked over to the restaurant and 
we spent two hours together in this restaurant talking as if we have been friends our entire lives. And there was not an awkward moment. We were very like, this sounds weird, but like we were very touchy with each other. Like we just couldn't believe that we were with each other. We, it seriously just felt like we have been friends. We just haven't seen each other in forever. And we were just catching up. It was the best experience ever. It was so much fun. And I think there is a sense of an aspect of like it being awkward. There is that risk of it being awkward and not knowing if that person is going to be who they act like they are through a screen. But I, that's a risk I'm willing to take, especially. Well, I think you're in control of that, though. I think that in a way we make it awkward. I, I yeah. would be making these situations awkward because I'm thinking about how they think of me and then I yeah. turn it into something that's about me and it's not about them. And if you make it about meeting them for the first time and it's not how they're going to judge you, then all of a sudden it's effortless again. Like it's, and that's, that's what I've noticed in, in any of my interactions. If I can get over myself and get out of my own way, then the interactions are always so much better. And I can look back on any of the poor interactions I've had or any of the things that didn't go well and it always goes back to, yeah, I got in my own way. Like, and I did something to make it awkward. Yeah. I did something to, to do all that, all those things. So yeah. I think that's one thing to always keep in mind too. Is, you know, it's, you are what you put out there and mm -hmm. what you pay attention to and how you, how you are around other people. And I think that's, it always goes back to being present and being there and, and giving them your attention too. And I think that's, that's another thing. We didn't really touch on that. I started a new series, Attention Detention, and we haven't really talked about attention much, but it's, a, it's an important topic because if you give somebody your attention, you're going to get it back from them inevitably mm -hmm. anyway. But it's also, it feels good to be paid attention to and for somebody to care about the stuff that you're doing. So if you can do that for other people, eventually you're going to get that back too. And in other ways outside of that or, or within that same conversation, and it's going to feel better because you feel better when somebody's paying attention to you and when somebody's giving you that time to yeah. talk about your feelings and here's how. And so it's really important to just be in touch with that. And I think you, you have, to, you have to give attention to get attention. Ooh, I like that. I, I like that one. Yeah, you do. Y yeah. You give what you, you, you get what you give. You get what you give. The more that you give away, the more that you have. That's a Halsey quote. And mm. I, got, I got a few more, a few others in, <laughs> in that bag, but let's just leave it at that one. Like the more that you give away, the more that you have. And the more generous you are with yourself, the more you'll get back. And I think that's a huge lesson on the socials. The more that you can give, the more information you can give, the more, you know, the, the more content, like, so this, this is about content too, right? The more content you put out there and the more that you give away, the more that you get back. Jason Stats talks about this a lot. Like not expecting anything in return is super hard for some people, especially in business, because yeah. everything that we do, we're putting out there our advertisement because we want people to come back to us. We want people to flock to us. Here's, here's our best foot forward. Here's what we can do for you. This, this, and this. But everybody can do that. Everybody can do those same things. What can you do for them? And what can mm -hmm. like... What can it, it's it's like flipping the paradigm almost or flipping like how can I help like what can I do to help I'm not expecting anything in return. Terrell Turner he's been huge help with me at Accounting High and 
I, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but he's like, he's inspirational. He's coming up with ideas. I think we're going to be writing a book together after a conversation I had with him yesterday. <laughs> like he's just a huge help and he doesn't expect anything in return. And that blows my mind. And I, it inspires me. Like I now am helping people and I found myself in situations because of how he's been. I'm now doing that with other people and it's inspiring me and it's like paying it forward almost. And that's a gift like that he's given me. And it's, it's not the stuff that he's doing to help with accounting high. It's that whole way of being. And mm -hmm. you've been like that too, since I've known you, you just are there to help. You just want to help. I'm here to help. I'm not like here to win. I'm not here to, you know, I'm, I'm not here to compete or anything. I just no. want to help. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to compete. I want yeah. you to win. I want you to have a good time. Yeah. Let's, let's, <laughs> as long as you're good and not yeah, mad that I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, and so that's, that's just like an important way of being in life is putting yourself out there and being generous with yourself because it will come back to you too. So it's hard for some people. It's really hard for somebody like me because I'm so self-involved. I have so many ideas. I have so many things I'm working on that once I do finally, I finally can get out of myself, then I'm happier again. And I'm like, I'm more generous with everything. And, but then I have a big idea again and I got to share it. I got a rap that I'm working on. I got to play the rap for everybody <laughs> at least once. I want to see their reaction to it. And I want to, I want to, because it's like, but I also feel like I'm bringing them some joy, you know, I'm making them laugh or something like that. So I don't know. It's, I've learned a lot through people like you and people like Terrell. And I think there's, those are the ones that do well on socials and that attract others. So something Nicole, Nicole too, like something that she just sent to me, you know, she, she's having some trouble finding clients on LinkedIn, but she just found a new employee on there or somebody that's interested in working for her. Like that's the harder thing to find these days. She's worried about mm -hmm. finding clients, but she's finding employees there left and right. And that's the hardest thing in our industry right now. Staffing is the hardest thing. So if, if anything, if you're just going on socials and putting yourself out there just to finally attract the types of people that would want to work for you, that is so valuable in an, in oh, an yeah. economy and in, in, in an industry right now that is having a huge labor shortage. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, again, you attract the people that want to be around you anyway. So then everything else seems effortless. It's almost like you're cheating. Like the yeah. people that Nicole has working for her are her friends and they enjoy working for her because they knew her already. They knew her beforehand. Right. And I think that goes a lot, goes back to what we talked about with like being authentic and in how you show up on social, because people want to work for somebody that is the same person that they thought, like this person that reached out to Nicole showing interest for working for her. She's exactly how she is in person as she is on LinkedIn, on social. So they're not going to be disappointed because they already see what they, they already like what they see with how she shows up on social. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody is acting like they're some positive, easygoing boss on LinkedIn and somebody's like, I want to work for this person, but in reality, they are the complete opposite and they're, they micromanage and they are like on hard their case, yeah. on their case about everything hard to work for that just sets them up for failure. So that sets, that sets the boss up for failure and that sets the employee up for failure. Yeah. So that's also what I'm afraid of too, because I was like that. I used to be like that and I still 
see myself as that, but everybody describes me as somebody that's not a micromanager at all because I don't do anything, right? I feel like it, like it's, I've always put this persona on that I'm not doing anything at the firm. And actually, they tell me I am doing stuff and I'm doing better than I was before because I see myself as not doing anything because my, my thought of doing is actually doing and getting in the way and getting in, like making things messy and micromanaging and all that. That's my idea of doing. So mm-hmm. my whole idea right now is I'm not doing anything, but really that's what I should be doing. <laughs> so I don't know how, how I'm tying this into that, but I think it's, <laughs> it's also just about knowing what your strengths are, knowing your weaknesses and knowing how you need to show up. Because if you do have a default of micromanaging, then maybe you do need to just get out of it altogether and not review work anymore. If yeah. it's, if you're somebody who's reviewing somebody's work, reviewing a tax return, then giving it back to them, you basically already redid it and you don't give them the opportunity to fix their mistake, then maybe you're not the one that should be reviewing the returns in the first place and finding somebody else to do that. And I think that hurts a lot of our egos or that makes us, you know, feel like, well, then what are we good for? You know, like we're, we're the best one to do a tax return at our firm. So we need to be reviewing it because the clients think that, you know, so it's, it's just changing your mindset around all those things. And then you're able to show up your authentic self because that's the side of you that people like working for is, you know, the, the, people like the fun me, the one that's excited about something or like bringing energy. Yeah. It's not, you know, so be your, be yourself, but be the, um, you know, be, be, be happy. It's hard to smile sometimes, right? How do you smile sometimes if you're having a bad day too? Like what is, what are some of the tricks of doing that? Oh, that's a good question because there are days I, I smile and I giggle a lot as you know, but there are days where I don't want to do either of those things. I'm human, but I'm somebody that worries so much about my energy that I'm putting off on other people that, like we've already talked about, I want other people to be happy in like what they're doing. And so I... I don't I don't know the best answer to that actually. I I feel like I am so focused on others around me that I just make sure that my energy is always what I need it to be for the people that I'm working with. Okay, and so then how about this? my what? You're focused on the people around you. If they're happy, that turns that into a smile. But what if they are they seem stressed? Does that also carry itself to you and does that make you stressed too no i feel like i overcompensate and i focus on what can i do to get them out of this funk or get them out of this mood and i'm a helper i'm an enneagram Mm -hmm. too so i focus a lot on helping other people get to a state that they want to be in or that i feel that they should be in what can i do to support you that is something that i've been trying to add to my vocabulary and say to people early on, like not how you can help me because that's my default. How can I support you and how can I help you? And that's, you know, you're a supportive person. So naturally that's what comes across. So for somebody that isn't somebody that's like me, you know, I have to force myself to do that, but then it feels better to help people. It always does. I always feel so much better about my day, myself and everything when I've done something for somebody else than if somebody did something for me. So and that's, that's something I'm learning later in life, but it's, it's cert- like, it's, it's a gift. Like helping other people is the gift. 
you're mm-hmm. a gift giver. You're, you know, you, you've been known for giving gifts. That's the gift for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like the seeing the, the look on somebody else's face when you give them something. Oh, that's like my high. I, 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 I do not, I never expect a gift back. When I give gifts, I give gifts because I want to give gifts. I never expect anything in return. So my gift that they can give me is like, just be excited about what I'm getting you because usually- That's what you're expecting in return. Yeah. Is that. And if you don't get that, then that really drains the gift. Like I, I know that feeling when you give somebody a gift and they complain about it or they say something that they don't like about it, that's a letdown. It is. It is. But I don't know. I just seeing going back to like the positive side of like somebody receiving a gift that you thought about, that you thought to give them, that you like really put time into. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, it's like my favorite thing. I get so happy when people are so happy over the gifts that I give them. It's like I said, it is my high. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an experience too, to like really put a lot of effort into something. And that's, you know, like I do these grand gestures. So I, for my daughter's quinceanera, if you listen to stats episode, you know this, but for any listeners, um, you know, I, I didn't know what, like she's turning 15 I'm not, I'm not going to just buy her something. I'm not, I'm not somebody that does that. I did pay for a big party, but I didn't do anything to help out with the party. I just put the foot at the bill. Like I had no, no input on anything for the party. And it was, it was a pretty big party, like no help at all. Usually I used to be micromanaging all those kind of things. And I didn't know what I was going to give her for her birthday. I didn't know what, what I was going to do. I knew something would kind of come up, but I w- didn't really plan this big gift or that any gesture. I was just like, oh, I'm throwing the party. That's enough. That's a gift enough. And then a few days before, I remember I was um, I was driving, and I, I I had been doing all these parodies, and then I almost cried when I was thinking of it because I was like, but I haven't done anything for like the people in my lives. I've done like stuff for the profession, accounting parodies and all that, and I haven't even done a song or wrote a song to anybody in my life like for them, and and then I was thinking of Eminem's Haley song, and I'm like, wow, this is perfect. Like I can do a parody of this. And I can do that. Like that's that's something that I'm capable of doing, and this is my gift to her. So it took me a couple of days to write it, and the version that anybody hears is still not finished. Like I still have a, a things that I wanted to finish with it, but the party was on Saturday night, and I started really writing it on Friday, and I recorded it on Saturday during the day. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the final version because I'm not going to really go back to it once it's once people hear it. I can't go back and change anything, but um. Yeah, so that was and that was one of the first ones I ever like not one of the first ones, but the first one I actually felt good about because it was like the jokes were in there and it was funny, but the, I said things in there that I have hadn't been able to say like in conversation and I revealed certain things to her for the first time in that song too. So, I don't know how this ties in, but it's like that was the gift that I gave mm-hmm. her and to see her reaction to that and to see Juana's reaction to it and everybody around me like that was more important than the gift itself like Priceless. that was yeah that was it was pretty cool so i'm uh, i'm not going to play that right now for the end of this and i don't have a rap to play for this episode but i always like to play like a new one 
I'll play my maid of honor rap. Can we? Yeah. No. You have no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that would be perfect. I'll, I'll just start playing the beat and you can, uh, yeah. you can rap it for us. So to, to be clear, the, and that is very, very uh, like dope. I don't know what the very, very is, but like you, you work for fresh books and it's a fresh prince parody. <laughs> Not only that, it's a parody too that you did for a, a like a wedding party type thing, mm-hmm. which is very similar to to what I did with Julia's. And yeah, it's a parody and it's pretty good. Do you want to read it for uh is it is it relevant to read or or we're gonna skip that? I mean I can. All right, cool. cool. I'll do part of it. Yeah, do part you, of it. If you really want me to. Well, I have any, to find anybody it. made it this far in the episode, they're going to want to hear it at this point. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. And we, will so, rap. Yeah. we will rap with your rap, with the Smiles okay. rap. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready for this? I yeah. can't believe I'm doing this. This is Miss Smiles. This is her, her debut on, <laughs> on air. So, so yeah. So, it is. So this was for my... I'm just going to set the scene. This was for my my husband's brother's wedding and I am very close and have been very close with my sister-in-law for ever since they started dating. I was actually the one that introduced the two of them. We lived in Oregon. She's from Oregon. She worked at Subway there. She is, she has RBF. So resting brat face. face. (laughs) Oh, so she's one of those types of people that you really do want to get them to smile because They don't smile for anybody. This is is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My husband played football in college and Darian, my brother-in-law, came up for a football game one time and he saw her at a football game and he was like, that girl is so pretty. And I was like, she works at Subway and she kind of, she never smiles. Like that was my first thing that I said to him. I was like, she never smiles. Like, I don't, I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's friendly or not. And so one day I went into Subway because he would not stop bugging me about her. Mm-hmm. He was just like so in love with her from just first sight. So we went into Subway one night and I was like, hey, his brother thinks you're a babe. And that's kind of how it started. So that is how I I was like, you know what? I Instead of doing a maid of honor speech, I'm going to do a maid of honor rap because why not? So it was to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I started with just like kind of talking and I was like, when I sat down to write my speech, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to talk about, blah, blah, blah. So then the music started. And so it goes, now this is music now. No, now this is a story all about how Kate and Darian are married now. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right down. I'll tell you how their love started in her hometown. So then it's like, do, 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 do. Uh, Ian, Ian will put the music this in there. Really yeah, he, he will. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> so I said, in Eastern Oregon, born and raised in Subway is where she spent most of her days baking and making and faking her smile because Ooh. those aren't real until she's known you for a while. Ooh. Then one day about a football game, he hated that drive, but we're all glad he came. He got one little glimpse and he turned to me. He said, that's the prettiest girl I have ever seen. He begged and pleaded with me day after day, sent me screenshots of how she followed him like no way i packed up my books and we hopped in the car we went to subway to try to steal her heart first in line everything's paid oh and by the way his bro thinks you're a babe she gave me her number later that night and i thought hmm she might be all right two years had passed and she rented a u-haul 
Long distance was done, no more withdrawal. More time with us, we were all impressed. She came, she saw, she conquered all of Darren's tests. So my father-in-law always joked that before you could marry my son, you have to pass all of these tests. And so Darren is my father-in-law. So are you done or is it still going? There's more, there's more right. but I won't. Your storytelling. So you, you've put this together and turned it into your own story. Like rap, my mom got me a... Um, two books for christmas the best gifts ever both of them are how to rap and then how to rap too <laughs> it's uh your your content in there and the delivery but also the way that you're rhyming words you're taking the syllables and it's not an obvious rhyme like car rhymed with and i don't know the other apart and mm -hmm. so nobody would normally think car and apart rhyme but the way that you pronounced it and said it you made it work and that's what made this really good like this is this is actually not just an amateur rap. I know it's the first one, <laughs> but it's it's legit. Like it's um, I, I I would I would grade this an A. Like this is this is good. It's real good because it's impactful too, right? Like you're you're you did something different, and there were inside jokes in there, but everybody there would would have gotten those, right? right? In the context of this, you had to explain it, but it made it better because you explained it. So you yeah. you, you set it up. You set the stage before you started doing the rap because then it made sense, obviously, for the listener here, too. It's all in context, right? So I, I love that. That's, um, that's, you got a future in parodies, <laughs> Miss Smiles. Woo! I know. So I got, I got Lil Toddler's approval. You got, you good, got, got Lil Toddler's approval. It's a good approval. day. Smile for that. So um, Students are already showing up. We've been recording in here uh, in this front office for, for a day now. The students are already coming in on Monday. They're, they're hearing this. Are, are they going to hear your voice on, uh, on the announcements? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Stay we'll tuned. Stay, stay tuned. tuned. Thank you for, for joining me here in the front office. So <laughs> thank you for helping me clean today. We're, we're cleaning out the desk. Cleaning the front desk. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're upgrading the desk. We're getting you a stand-up desk, so we have to take everything out of the desk so you have your stand-up desk, so you can do your announcements standing up. It doesn't work sitting down. So, uh, so yeah, so thank you for, for everything you've done for Accounting High and continue to do. This was a great conversation. Um, I hope Thanks that for finally having me on. Yeah, I know, I know. That took my time here, but it's no no shortage of people have waited to come on. Usually, <laughs> I meet somebody and they don't come on for six months later. I don't think it's been six months since September, has it? I don't know. Okay, so this is a normal wait time to get on the show. <laughs> typically, it's six months, and then typically it's six months before it's released too. So we'll see if this one gets out sooner. I've got a good production rhythm going, and we're releasing episodes faster at Accounting High. So this will also probably be on our YouTube channel and our other other channels. We'll probably make some blog posts out of this one. That's kind of what the point is for the faculty here. It's not just reading the announcements. We might be doing other series and talking about different topics and how they bridge this whole power of connections and power of community and power of being yourself and on the socials and the power of you, right? And the power of a smile. Be you. Be here, be you, and be long. Thank you, Twyla, for this sweatshirt. Thank you, Twyla, for, for Miss Smiles. Without Twyla, there is no Miss Smiles in this whole accounting high experience. Right? So thank you. Big, big, um, big hugs around. I don't know what else I'm, I'm going to say there. But <laughs> thanks. 
Alex Miles, a.k.a. Miss Miles. Thanks, Scotty Toddy. Ooh, that's, that's one that you made up, too. That was, that's another, uh-huh. another name I have on my monikers. So yeah. as, as much as I love Lil Toddler, I think I'm an okay rapper right now. Like I'm phasing, phasing names in and out is something I do, like Sons of CPAs, Accounting High. I have this whole idea of other things that are coming next. So. our students need you i think that you're a a beacon of hope for the students at accounting high you're a shining star in the accounting sphere we hope that you're able to come back and be our front office lady because i'm uh i'm I'm no good at that i can get the kids high under the bleachers i can i can i can clean the bathrooms i can clean the throw up in the halls but but there isn't throw up in the halls that much in high school. I don't know why that it always goes there. <laughs> yeah. why, there is it, why does it always go there for you? <laughs> it, well, because I always think janitor and then I think the like sawdust that they put on the throw up. Like, isn't that like any bodily fluid had that happens, they have the sawdust <laughs> that they throw on there, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. They didn't do that at your high school? Not that I guess we just didn't have a lot of people throwing up or having bodily fluid all over oh we did we did we had a we had a crazy high school you went to a weird high school (laughs) so do you want to know my high school prank we had a lot of high school pranks at school and and this was my big idea and it did not well let's just it didn't go as well as i thought it would but it was crickets so you know every every year that you got like a student prank or like a senior prank on the school and we were like racking our brains of what we should do so i said we would buy a bunch of crickets and all release them in the bathrooms at the same time before the first bell so right when everybody or before the final bell like the third bell and so there was a, an army of like five of us that had a bags full of crickets and we went into five different bathrooms in the school one person put them in the media center in the library and because we went to bait shops and tackle shops and um, one of my friends rented a house all through senior year so it was just like the party house it's where he lived he he rented they rented a house for all senior year and we got all the crickets they were all over his bathroom and they were were just like we went to different tackle shops we all went to school and we thought it was going to be the greatest thing like crickets in the hallways crickets everywhere in the school they got it all pretty much cleaned up except for the media center the media center they were there for probably a week so that was that was our senior prank for the year i didn't partake in my senior prank i you know me i'm such a rule follower that like I I don't even remember what my senior class did for a senior prank. I just remember not wanting anything to do with it because I what if I got caught? My parents would be so disappointed. Actually no, my dad would probably cheer me on if I See? So so this is this is kind of like how my kids are too. Julia is such a rule follower and she does the right thing. Even last night Frankie I'm like playing video games with him and like we were playing um, Mario Kart, and I every time he hits me with the red shell, I say, and then he gets, he's like, how old do I need to be before I can say bad words? And I was like, I, I mean, I don't care. You can say whenever you want. He's like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to. It's not, I'm not supposed to. Like, he's supposed to be a rule breaker. He's supposed to be like me and doing. 
So I don't know. Julia's never broken the rules. She's never done anything bad. So I think maybe I'm, I'm like your dad there. Like he's probably encouraged you most of your life to break some of the rules. Yep. So yeah. this is... He's always been very stern with me, but I, I just feel like my dad, the older I get, I think more than anything, the reason I'm such a rule follower is because my siblings were awful. Oh. in their teenage years awful in their teenage years and they're 10 plus years older than me and so i witnessed a lot of the things that they did in their teenage years and i was old enough to remember those things one year i remember my sister went to a party she was in high school and like an hour after my dad dropped her off he had to go pick her up because she was so trashed and they came back home and I just remember she was at the toilet and my mom came in and she's like, let her die. An hour <laughs> into the party, she's already blackout drunk. like <laughs> Drunk. How old like, was she? Uh, probably like 16, So I got to meet maybe. your sister. This sounds oh, like my the sister, first time you, I got drunk. Oh my God. You and my sister would hit it off really wonderfully. Probably. probably so... First time I, I ever got drunk, we were on the football team and we had a bye week and me and uh, my buddy, we were, and, and we were good. Like this was like, well, no, no, we weren't good, but we were like the two receivers on the team and we had a bye week and we decided we were going to go get drunk because we were going to be on TV that night. So we were on Friday night football is what they have every, every week. And the whole team was going to be on TV and it was like toward the end of the game. So we were going to go to another team's game first and then go meet up at the school get on the bus, and then they take us to the news station. And so we had the bright idea. Let's get really, really drunk so we're still drunk at the studio later. So we took his parents' vodka, straight vodka, and we filled up the little plastic cups. You know the cups that you get at a stadium, like at a game? I don't, I, I don't know. Like a plastic cup, right? Yeah. A full, actual cup. We, filled, we thought, well, we better drink a lot so we're still drunk later. We didn't know how it works. <laughs> I drank the whole thing in one sip and I don't remember leaving his house, but I do know that I threw up in my parents' back seat of their car all over the house. And then they threw me in the shower with my clothes on. And then I woke up, but all of those were like vague, vague memories. All I remember is waking up like crying, not knowing what happened. And, and then I got kicked off the football team and other, other things happened there too. Oh so, no. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got a lot of stories like that. I, I always push the <laughs> limits to everything. I always did as far wrong as you can and then worked my way back. And obviously I've been a responsible drinker. I don't drink vodka that much though. That's why I don't drink vodka. So yeah, yeah. my, my high school stories are pretty boring because I was such a rule follower. <laughs> 